Hello and thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's word today. Right now we are in the middle of the series called It's All About Money. So we hope that this sermon is a blessing to you and your family. We are in this series. And what is the series called? It's all about money. And we are learning how to handle finances God's way. Week 1 we um, learned on this title, I am blessed. The reason we believe that we are blessed is because God has entrusted us with the 100%. We give Him the 10%, but God has also entrusted us with the remaining 90%. And we are blessed because God owns it all, and we know that He is in authority of all things. We are just keepers and managers of what? he has given so we get to enjoy it at the same time we get to manage it week two we learned the psychology of money if if the money had to talk it'll tell us three things be patient but be smart at the same time be active to invest and save save and it'll also tell us plan it so that you will not be fooled week three we saw set your house in order Set your house in order. How that we need to practice the principle of first. We need to put God first in our life. And this first is not like our shopping item first, where we put first and then we tick it and then that's it. We forget about it. No, this is about putting Jesus at the center of everything that we do. So from the time You know, from your morning devotions till you go to bed, you know, in everything, God is with us. And we got to put our house in order. And we learned that we are not giving to God, we are bringing to God. And week four, that is last week, we looked at the genius of generosity. How generosity is the pathway to move from our heart to God's heart. Because our heart is wicked. Our heart is selfish, naturally. Our heart is sometimes greedy. Our heart sometimes just self-centered. So everything revolves me, myself, and I, and my iPhone, and my iPad. Right? So everything revolves around me. So when we start stepping out of that to start practicing generosity, it moves our heart from ourselves into the heart of God then we can experience through generosity what is the heart of God, the mission that God has for us. This morning, go with me to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. If you have never heard any of these sermons before from this series, you can always go online and check it out. I don't know why the fonts are coming like this on the screen. This is not supposed to be this way. If somebody can fix that for me, that will be brilliant. Let's go to Proverbs 21 verse 5. It says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. The title of my sermon this morning is Living a Debt-Free Life. I'm going to wait until you clap. It's okay. I'll wait. 
The reason you did not clap is because none of us in this church have debt. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them, we don't even have money to have it. <laughs> That's okay, students can say that. So, is there anybody here who's got no loans? Like zero loans, no car loan, no bike loan? Okay, let me rephrase the question. Anybody who's never taken any loan in your life? Great. That's good. Your husband takes it for you? <laughs> because that's why my wife put <laughs> her hand down. I don't do it, he does it. <laughs> Smart people living a debt-free life. The reason that I want to speak on this title because I was actually supposed to finish this series last week, but I felt in my spirit God spoke to me like, no, no, there are some more things that we need to teach on this financial part because a lot of people are struggling with these aspects. So, how do we live a debt-free life? In other words, the first question that I want to ask is, is it possible to live a debt-free life? Because we might look around, we might look at the world, we go like, Pastor, it's absolutely impossible to live a debt-free life. In fact, you're not respected if you don't have any debt by the bank. In fact, Pastor, it is only the bank that sends me letter every month. I don't get any letter from anybody. If I stop my debt, I'll be lonely. My bank says hello to me. Mr. Muthuraman from SBI, always on time. I've got no idea, by the way, who that is. Um, always on time says, hello, you got to pay. And I feel so blessed because something comes to my house via post or a message. Living a debt-free life. Many people fall into the trap of debt because they make an emotional decision on their spending. We don't plan to be in debt. We actually don't wake up, you know, on January 1st and say, this year, this is going to be my debt. Right? We don't plan to get into debt, but we also don't plan to be out of debt either. That's the problem. Many of us, we don't have a financial plan, and because we don't have a financial plan, we end up falling into the debt plan. And, and we end up falling into this emotional, uh, you know, impulsive decisions that we take, and all of a sudden we are borrowing money that we don't have, and all of a sudden we owe somebody, and we are not even paying what we owe them, we are only paying the interest rate. And this has put stress on people's lives. You know, uh, research says that um, USA is one of the top, I think in one of the top two countries that practices the culture of debt. So basically, even if you don't have it, borrow it and pay it back. It's absolutely normal. And, and some financial advisors took that statistics and they correlated with the statistics of depression in the country and it's the same level and stress that people are going through in USA where they are also high for depression rates in their country. They come in top two. 
And when they looked at the research, they said people live in financial stress, distress. It has broken many families. Debt has broken homes. It has brought a lot of relationships down. And many people have lost relationships because of that, lost homes because of that, lost what they're supposed to have. And because of this culture, you know, stress increase and they become depressed. Is it biblical not to get debt? Is it biblical? Go with me to Romans chapter 13, verse 8. It says, Owe nothing to anyone. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Owe nothing to anyone except love for your brother and sister. Apart from that, owe nothing to anyone. Again, in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7, it says, Just as the rich rule the poor, so the borrower is the servant to the lender. James 4, 13 to 15, it says, What should I, to say, should I say to you? If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. Look here, you who say, today or tomorrow we are going to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. So this is basically having some level of inflation saying that hopefully in six months time, Hopefully in 12 months time, I will have this much to come. So because I know this much is about to come, I'm going to make a decision now to borrow. And the Bible says you're like a fog. A fog, like you come and you go. Nobody knows or has security of what is to happen tomorrow. So the biblical decisions that we have to make when it comes to finances needs to be in alignment with God's word. That is why I taught you on the first session that when it comes to money, it's not about what you have, it's about how you behave with it. Because your behavior determines how you handle money. How we should behave with money is how God has taught us to handle money according to his principle. Now, if you take God's word, and if you go to Wall Street, and tell them this, they'd be like, what will they say, Ajay? Get him out of here! Right? This is biblical financial principles, or any principle for that matter, is always going to be the opposite of what the world says. So here is a little technique. Whenever you feel like doing something and you know it's from your heart and you know like, oh, should I do it or not do it? Just do the opposite. Don't do it. Because our heart is super convincing. Right? We are deceived by ourselves. Not many other people. Right? And so because of that, we kind of fall into this emotional trap and we make an impulsive decision and we quickly fall into the trap of taking something that did not 
belong to us in the first place. God calls it in the Ten Commandments, He calls that, and this might, this might come across very strong, but it's there in the Bible. In the Ten Commandments, God calls it adultery. Thou shall not covet. Covet means if you're going to go after something beyond what God has given, you are not content with God has given, you are coveting beyond what God has blessed you with, so you end up committing adultery. Many of us have committed financial adultery by impulsive decisions that we have made and we have gone to get some things that did not belong to us in the first place. Let me see how many people are still there online. Okay, they're all there. Maybe it's delayed. I'll, I'll check a few seconds later. Give me a thumbs up if you're all with me. All good so far? This is God's word. Amen? Today I'm giving you some bones to bite. No bread and butter today. Amen? It might be a hard thing to listen. It might be a hard thing to receive. It might feel like a hard thing to chew on. But receive it with the help of the Spirit. Amen? I'm going to give you five practical things quickly. Five practical things quickly. That is going to help you to live a debt-free life. Everybody say it out with me. The past is past. It's gone. But I thank God I'm here today for this message because because of this message my future is going to be debt free in the name of Jesus. Amen. I receive that. I pray that over your life. It doesn't matter how it has been so far church. And I say this genuinely from my heart. I know many of you personally and, and I'm praying for you every day and it is my heart for this church. It's my heart, it's my burden for all of us to live in financial freedom and experience God's breakthrough in finances and provision because God has given us that promise. Amen? And also, my dream for the next generation that you will make decisions based on this word and that you will have a greater perspective and greater financial elevation because you are making a decision now. Right? You're making a decision now. How old are you, Verve? 13. You are, you are so ahead of all of us. Right? 13 years old, you can start something beautiful out of God's word in your life right? Maybe that opportunity God did not give for your parents, but God has given that for you. So I'm talking to the next generation, both here online, you guys as well, all the verb teens of our church, right? All the young people, relentless, everybody, students, listen out to me. If you are young, you got time, which means you can change your life now, and you can get better and go further with God's principles. 
but you will only be able to experience that if you apply God's word. It is my heart. Is that okay? It is my heart to see all of you grow. Five things, five things that I'm going to give you that's going to help you. And if you're taking notes, please write these things down. If you're not taking notes, you know, pull the person next to you, get their hand and start writing on their hand. And then at the end of the service and take it with you. You all got notes? Right. Let's write this down. The number one thing that you need to do for you to live a debt-free life, and this is a secret, this is going to be very hard for you, but number one thing is pray. Come on, let's have it on the screen. The first thing that we, knew that we need to do is pray. Pray. I'm saying this over and over again, pray. Married couples, if you got loans, go home today, take a piece of paper, write down all the loans that you have, and put that piece of paper together as husband and wife, put it in God's presence, and say, Lord, we give this into your hands. We made decisions, we don't know if we made it in the right time, in the right place, and, and probably we made it in haste, like it says in Proverbs 21, like hasty shortcuts will lead to poverty. But Lord, I come, I pray, I surrender, forgive me Lord, I want to repent, and Lord, I need a breakthrough. How many of you need a breakthrough? Lord, I need a breakthrough and I need a miracle. You can ask God to give you a breakthrough that will help you to come out of your loans and your debt. If you don't believe me, go with me to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. And here is prophet Elisha. And this is what is happening. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha. Now this is a wife. Whose, whose husband was part of the team of prophets. Okay? And she cried out saying, My husband who served you, Elisha, who is part of your ministry team, Elisha, he who served you is now dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Basically, he's borrowed money, uh, the funeral service is done, and then you think that people, oh, they know so many people, oh man, they must be such an influence in the community. People, even after the funeral is done, people keep visiting them. They keep visiting them. They must have so many friends. Only God knows if they are friends or if the people from the bank. <laughs> All the people they borrowed from. Right? They'll come, they'll come oh, my heartful condolences to you. And the person who has borrowed and hasn't given the money back, they'll say, my condolences to you too. <laughs> the one who borrowed is gone. <laughs> I have no answer for you. Right? This is a similar situation. And, and verse 2, it says, what can I, Elisha asks, the prophet asks, the man asks, he says, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And the woman says, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. 
Now, this is beautiful because the prophet is saying, hey, I know you're in debt. I know your husband is gone. I know there are people in your house right now threatening to take your sons as slaves. In those days, slavery was still prominent. So if you don't pay back, it's your children that's the collateral. Right? And they'll take you and they will become slaves in their house. So you understand the depth of the situation and the heart of the mother. Right? You understand the situation, right? And it's very critical. And if God doesn't do anything, her sons are going to be slaves. No mother wants their sons to be slaves. That's, that's the issue here. That's what is critical here. But Elisha asked this question, tell me what you have. In other words, hey, I know, I know you're in a critical situation, but what can you bring to the Lord? What can you bring to the Lord? And then he says, Elisha says, get as many empty jars as you can from your neighbors and friends. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour the olive oil from your flask into the jars. It has to go from your flask into the jars. Let me say that again. It has to go from your flask your flask into the jar. What you have is a flask. What God has is a jar. Flask is small. Jar is big. When you believe for a breakthrough, don't go to another flask. I'll give some time for you to get it. Everybody slowly may ah 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 Turn to the person next to you and tell them I'm a flask. And look at them and tell them again you're a flask too. So I would never come to you because I want to go to the jar. This is the problem and why we end up borrowing money. Because you are believing God for a breakthrough, but then you're looking at his flask and his flask and his flask and say, hey man, this week it's a little tight in my flask. Can you lend a little bit from your flask? But the song is, Jaira, you are enough. Oh, what a drum beat there. Mm, God is great. Jehovah Jireh, he is my provider, he is El Shaddai God, but your faith is flask faith. Yeah, great music, sing along, subscribe to all the worship playlists that you can ever possibly have. You can subscribe to any YouTube channels and listen to great preachers, but you are still praying with a flask mentality and a flask faith because the prophet is saying, pour from your flask into the jar because what God wants to bless you is that he wants to take everything from your flask, put it into his jar, and he wants to bless it so that it will overflow and he wants to give you back the jar. The problem is, 
I like my flask, Lord. Even though it is yours, but still, I like my flask. I believe God for another flask. This time in green color. 500 rupees. A pink flask is also fine. Like, you know, that's, that's 2,000 rupees. Notes, pink flask is also nice. Yeah. Green flask is the 500. This is our problem. But God is saying, <laughs> empty the jars, bring it to him, pour the olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing more jars to her and she filled one after another. In other words, she had little enough in her flask to pour into jars. And then soon every container was full to brim. He says, bring me another jar. So she said to one of her sons, there aren't any more. He told her and then the olive oil stopped flowing. Her flask was empty. In other words, she didn't have much in her flask. But when the jars came, olive oil kept pouring from the flask non-stop. How? How did that happen? Her complaint in the first verse was, I have nothing. And the prophet says, get your flask, pour out into the jar. And as she's pouring out, she's thinking, is this my flask or somebody else's flask? Because I did not have this much. Thank God for the testimony that Joshua shared because he took a step of faith in giving to God and bringing to God and then he had a jar experience. God, as he poured out from his flask, God met a need for his vision that he thought would never happen or happen would few years later. But when you faithfully bring it, God fills the jar. Now turn to the person, look at them and tell them, without offending them, you are a jar. So am I. Because God is filling us. And, and, and this is the part I love. It is not like he's saying, you know, it filled halfway. It says, when it was filled to the brim and there was no more flask, the oil stopped. And it says, verse 7, when she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell all the olive oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. That's the breakthrough. That's the breakthrough. All your loans, all your EMIs, everything that you have, they're all in a little flask. But what God has given you, can you bring it to the Lord faithfully and believe God for a breakthrough, you will see that God will pour His oil into your jars. This is how we get over debt as Bible-believing, faith-filled Christians. That we believe God for a breakthrough. Believe and ask God for a breakthrough so that you will have a miracle outpouring.
God will open new opportunities. This is my prayer over all of your life who are in debt, both in person and online. God will give you new opportunities that will help you clear off your debts. This woman did that. This woman didn't say, oh, very good prophet, thank you very much. Now I have a lot of jars. I'm just going to enjoy the jar. No, she obeyed. She went and she sold. She made money. She paid off everything. And still she had extra for her and her family. That's the breakthrough. First thing, how to get off debt. Nobody in Wall Street will teach you this. Nobody in Wall Street will tell you or no banks will tell you that you got to pray first. You lay this, go home today, you lay this at the feet of Jesus, you write it in a piece of paper and say, God, I want your outpouring miracle so that I'll be debt free. Amen? Point number two, create a monthly surplus. In other words, when you have a breakthrough, when you have a breakthrough, she had leftover. The woman had leftover. She had surplus. How to create a surplus when you are living and wanting to clear your debts? Number one is reduce your expenses. Radically change your lifestyle. Don't keep living the same lifestyle thinking that it will work itself. We got to make some changes. Like I said, try and pray and seek God for extra income and extra resources. If you don't have extra income, don't have extra spending. Amen? No extra, no extra, right? You already have an extra and that is why you are praying. So with your extra, don't add another extra because you will again be praying for extra and at the end of the day you will have no straw. Only air will come right we got to be diligent we got to be careful live on a budget how do you create monthly surplus living on a budget is planning your finances have a plan put money aside and you just live in that if you don't live within that budget you are killing yourself financially you're killing yourself financially. One of the commandments is, thou shalt not murder. We are killing ourselves financially when we don't live within the means that God has blessed us with right now. Everybody with me so far? Give me a thumbs up online as well as here. And here's the last one. If you want to create a monthly surplus, don't fall into the trap of Buy now, pay later. Pastor, that is, the, that is the, my most liked option when I shop online. Buy now, pay later. You are, you know what is another commandment in Ten Commandments? You know there's a commandment. Thou shalt not steal. Pastor, today you are too extreme. Huh? You said first adultery, then you said murder. Now you are saying we are thieves. What is going on today, Pastor? With the buy now and pay later option, you know what you are doing? 
You're not stealing from anybody else. You're stealing from yourself. Hey, how is that possible? How can I steal from myself? It's mine then, then how can I steal? You are stealing from what you're supposed to have and for the purpose you're supposed to have. Let me give you an example. Let's say you put aside 20,000 rupees for your budget. Okay? And, and for, for your family to eat well, and you put down 20,000 rupees for your food budget. And then you're spending from that. But then, in the 10th in the uh, day of the month, all of a sudden you see a great offer in Flipkart. Right? Or in Amazon. And you know that you can't spend from the budget that you put aside. You've got to live within the means. And then what we do is that immediately go to that option saying, I'll buy now and pay later because next month also I'll have the same budget only no pastor. I will use from that money, no. You know what I'm talking about, right? But it doesn't work that way because what you're doing is you're already stealing from next month's budget when you didn't have to spend for that this month. Is this even making sense? Right? Then how do I do it? You have a budget for 20,000. You wait until the 30th of the month. And you spend less from your budget. Try to sacrifice and spend lesser from 20,000. And see in that 20,000 budget, you might have spent only 15,000. And at the, on the 30th of the month, you have 5,000 left. Now you go to Flipkart and buy from that. It's called delayed gratification. It's called self-control. When you buy that product, after creating a surplus, and out of the surplus, you buy it, and when you look at it, you're like, ah, oh, I'm pleased with it. I waited, and I made the right decision, and I bought it. Some of you are like looking at me. 5,000 at the end of the month <laughs> in your dreams. If I have anything left by the 15th of the month, that in itself is a miracle. I'm looking for flasks. <laughs> We got to change our lifestyle, friends. We got to change the way we think because we adapt to what they are asking us to do out there in the market. They're creating a demand and all these things. And we keep falling into that trap of buy now and pay later. And you are ending up stealing from yourself. And, the, and when you don't delay your gratification, what happens is that Somebody is living off because of your impulsive decision. They are making business because you don't have self-control. Somebody is becoming richer because you are also paying interest now on what you paid for. You understand? You're with me? Third one, clear one debt at a time. Clear one debt at a time. Pay off one debt at a time and start with the lowest number and with the highest interest rate so that you can clear that off first. The reason that is that when you clear it off, you have that encouragement that, wow, okay, I was able to clear this one off. Okay, let me go, so, go to the next lowest number. 
next lowest number and keep doing that and it takes discipline to do that here's point number four and this is very very important many of us we fell into debt because we didn't stop to just seek counsel we didn't stop to seek counsel if we just stop for one minute to get counsel from godly people who live a godly life disciplined life that they would have been able to talk you out of it right very important Proverbs 12 verse 15 it says fools think their own way is right but the wise listen to others three sources of counsel write this down quickly counsel the Lord through prayer counsel the Lord through prayer number two counsel through his word if God is not in it he will speak to you through his word and he will teach you and the third thing is godly counsel from other people and when you go for godly counsel from other people you got to choose the person carefully because it should not be a person who doesn't live a life based on the discipline of God's word then they would give advice based on their own opinions and not from God's word so get godly counsel from those who believe according to God's word and live according to it and here's the fourth one do not get counsel through superstitious beliefs and I got to say this especially in our context in our culture Leviticus chapter 19 verse 31 it says do not defile yourselves by turning to mediums or to those who consult the spirits of the dead I am the Lord your God so don't use wrong methods to seek counsel whether financially or any other matters in your life don't go to fortune tellers don't go to false prophets don't go to horoscopes and don't have cult practices it is not biblical I've met a lot of Christians time is running out but I want to stop with this that even before they open God's word they open the newspaper that morning They're like what does it say about me today what is my day is going to be like Array. <laughs> I'm a pastor let me rephrase that um, do not defile yourselves do not no fortune teller can you have you seen the fortune teller logically think about it have you seen any rich corporate fortune teller who's got a wealthy lifestyle and living in a nice house apartment suite or sitting in a nice office and giving you fortune tells telling you know the fortune teller doesn't know what his fortune is so he's making money out of you and telling your fortune while he is living an unfortunate life and people go to him <laughs> pastor the fortune teller said one day there is a line like this there's a line like that so when these two lines come together God is going to bless me I feel the itching in the right ear they say when it I'm like 
When was the last time you cleaned your ears? <laughs> if you got itching in your right ears, go to an ENT specialist. You might need to spend some money. No money is coming to you. <laughs> we have all these superstitious things and we are defiling ourselves, guys. We are defiling God by seeking wrong counsels. Again, in the Christian world, don't go to false prophets. Prophets who can come to you and tell you, and they are there. In the Christian world, they are there. In the, in the churches, they are there. Online, everywhere, they are there. They'll tell you your grandmother's name. They'll tell you your date of birth. And I'm, I'm like, I know my date of birth. That's not a prophecy, man. Oh, he predicted my date of birth. Oh, my goodness. Prophesy! He's a prophet. He's not a prophet. There are people who can go to the spirits of the dead. And there's this whole thing going on. I'll go into it another day. Where Christian prophets defile themselves with the spirit of the dead. And they use the spirit of whispers to prophesy over your life. And you are defiling yourself by listening to them. True story. True story. God will affirm what he has already spoken to you through prophets. And one of the primary job of a prophet, prophet is to call out sin and help you to repent. Not to come and tell you that you will become a millionaire one day and have a golden Lamborghini. God is like, Yabba, I never told that. <laughs> I'm not against millionaires or golden Lamborghinis. If that's your thing, go for it. But definitely, I'm for a repented heart and a righteous life. A heart that is not repented, a heart that is not living in righteousness, cannot be blessed. Like I always say, God needs, don't make God to choose which one of you that he needs to bless. Should he bless the real you or should he bless the fake you? Are we being real with God in our choices? And finally, number five, be a good witness. Be a good witness. Are we being a bad witness by handling our finances in an ungodly way? We compare ourselves with others and we covet with what other people have. And this is again a big trap. Instead of us leading the way, we fall by saying, comparing ourselves, oh, that person in my office, they bought a new car. Okay, so what? If you are to buy a new car, you have your financial principles, and when the time is right, you would buy. No, 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 it's top of the range, it's got this, it's got that. And we compare ourselves from mobile phones to laptops to jobs to family to a lot of things, and we end up falling into the trap and we covet, we covet, we covet over and over and over again and we become bad witnesses. But God is calling you to be a witness with your financial decisions as well. Is it possible to live a debt-free life? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
There are more practical ways. And as you join your life groups this week, I'm going to give a lot of practical tools to your life group leaders who will help you to come out of your debt. And you're going to claim and declare that you are debt free. When you are debt free, come here. I will give you extra three lines during testimony time to praise God for what God has done. Amen? Because God can do a great thing. Shall we pray together, church? Let's pray. I'm going to pray over your lives, and if the band can join with me on stage, I'm going to pray over your lives that God will break you out of the bondage of debt. If your family, maybe you're not in debt, maybe your parents are in debt, your family are in debt, pray for them that God will break you out of the bondage of debt. Those who are listening to me, if you're not yet a Christian, if you're new, and if you're watching me online, I want to tell you something that the debt of your sins is already cleared for you. All you need to do is just believe and receive. You don't have to pay or give anything for you to be debt free from your sins. Jesus paid the price. And because he paid the price, you can experience a joy, happiness and freedom in your soul. So if you are not a Christian, if you're watching me online, if this is the first time, then I would like you to take a step of faith and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you can also experience a life that is full of freedom. Jesus paid the price for you on the cross and you can be free from your bondage of sins. For those who are here who is in bondage of financial burdens and commitments, God wants to give you a miracle that He did, right? Through, uh, for this woman, through the prophet Elisha. And God wants to do the same for you. All He's asking is that, can you pour out your flask into His jar so that He will fill it, He will bless it, and He will give it back to you. And you are about to see a breakthrough. We hope that you are blessed by God's word today. If you would like to support our ministry financially, you can do so at kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will see you next week with another inspiring sermon.